The following podcast may be explicit. Shedcast presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Welcome to the Shed. Make yourself comfortable as we recap the aftermath of the Bart's demise and talk about our character advancement to level 3. We continue by exploring Troop's connection to the Dark One. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Shed for Adventures from The Shed. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, iTunes, all over the place. And Bing! And Bing. Go ahead and check us out online, and if you just search us out, you'll find us also on Stitcher Radio, as Mickey just said. We're going to go around the table and say hi, and we'll start with Stitcher Radio Mickey. Hi, everyone. I'm Stitcher Radio Mickey. Why not? I'll be playing the warlock in this group. JJ here. I am the husband of Mickey, and I will be playing Calamity, the paladin who worships the mighty dollar. Nice. Capitalist pig. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is Kurt. I'll be playing Trukyajri, the human monk. Just have to mention, super pumped to be here today. Super pumped! Super pumped. Go, Kurt, go! Yeah! Hi. I'm Brittany. I'm going to be playing Elena, the... Human fighter. And I, I am Joe. also pumped to be here. She is also pumped. I am Joe. I'm the dungeon master as we continue our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I'm first going to give us a little recap for those listening in. You are hearing the second part, or as we're going to call them, the second adventure in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign on the, in the world of Alamond. So I will give a quick recap of our first adventure, and then our players will pick up from there. So in our first adventure, the characters, our group, met Havoc, who was a bard, and played by our special redshirt guest, Kevin. And they Aww, met in the town Kevin. of Vulil, found a problem in the town. Unfortunately, the, uh, the bard Havoc had brought a crate to the local baker, that crate having some giant spider eggs in it. Uh, There was a big problem there, and our hero party went and saved the baker. In doing so, they found some clues that led them to a mysterious stranger, who turned out to be a white. As, As they were fighting the white, Havoc was defeated and dropped dead in combat. And um, it was a noble death. It was a noble death. He died while Elena was unconscious, which is always noble. Um, <laughs> they learned right at the end that the white was working for somebody who the white referred to as the dark scaled one. As we finished up that first adventure, Truk had mentioned that he thought he knew who the white was talking about and who's going to get us kicked off now as we are getting ready for adventure number two is Kurt. Kurt, go ahead. Excellent. So, uh, and Joe, jump in here if I explain anything incorrectly. But Kurt, just explain that incorrectly. <laughs> we, are, go ahead, Kurt. we are jumping forward in time, approximately six months. Yes. And our characters have had a number of adventures and in metagaming terms have leveled up to some degree during the interim since the last adventure. I believe that we are going to be playing as level three adventurers tonight. So uh, during the six months that we were apart, you know, we were probably pretty close to leveling up at the end of that first adventure. We have done other things that we will talk about and have passed through level two into level three. As a practical matter, I want to lay the backstory a little bit for my character and then kick it on over to the other players. Um, Truk, uh, and I, I, if I'm repeating what I said last time, I apologize, but Truk is a human 
uh, from a very small town of Tijon, which is in the region where we have been for the entire adventure. About a year ago, actually it would be 18 months ago, so a year prior to the beginning of our adventure, both of his parents died in rapid succession just from disease. Uh, father got sick from a malady, died. His mother passed away six weeks later. Uh, it was devastating to Truk. He had a younger brother, Renji, to whom he was incredibly close. They made a house together, uh, supported themselves for a while farming and hunting for the local villagers. But Truk uh, just could not really handle the life of uh, farming and, more importantly, could not handle kind of the psychological loss of his parents and really just went out wandering into the mountains and for several weeks uh, wandered along the clear mountain brooks and into the forests and the trees um, trying to find some peace and ultimately ended up at the local Wado Zeshan Monastery, which is the uh, a monastery of relatively solitary monks who uh, pray, meditate, and train in martial arts here in the region where we're adventuring. He trained there for several months. The uh, monks noticed immediately that he was particularly gifted, had a higher level of energy than a novice monk would normally have, had more power on his punches than they would have, but he was a novice, uh, inexperienced uh, acolyte, if you will. Um, he trained there for some time before the beginning of the adventure. Um, as I have related to my party members during the six months that we have been away, my knowledge of the dark hooded scaled one comes from my time at the monastery where over the course of my six or nine months year training there, we had people come intermittently reporting of attacks on their local villages. Uh, we had a father come from one village saying that a group of slavers had come and enslaved the children from their town and taken them away. A few weeks later, we had a mother come and say that a group of slavers led by some type of dark hooded mage had taken some of the children from their town. And it was three or four reports of a group of outsiders led by a a person who is or described at sometimes as a dark hooded one at other times as a scaled hooded one um, had basically enslaved some or all of the children of the town and may have stolen wheat or other resources from the town as well. So while we had not gone out and actively pursued uh, those reports, we had tried to help uh, and offer support from the monastery as best we could. So at the end of our last episode, when we learned from the white uh, which is essentially an undead creature, that he that there was a relation to the dark, hooded, scaled one, I realized that this may very well be the same group that has been essentially raiding local villages and stealing, for reasons that I don't know, children. And okay. so over the last six months, and I'll let our my party members talk about this more, but we have been engaged in sort of hit-and-run with trying to trail this group and this dark hooded scaled one and have never been able to catch up with them and have never been able to engage in combat, but they seem to be um, weaving a path of destruction across the villages in the area. Sounds good. And I'll just add to that. I don't remember if you had mentioned the name of the, uh, the leader of the monastery. Uh, that would be uh, Sensei Rashan. Right, so one of the things that Sensei Rashan had been doing in, in helping to cure people that were sick is uh, on some occasions when they were brought in, um, they had been petrified and he was able to cure them of that as well. That's right. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. 
Uh, and what we'll do from there is we have some stories that we're going to kick off from our players on how the characters handled the six months in between the time of the last battle and our current time frame where we're going to pick up. I think we'll start with JJ uh, as he's going to tell us a little bit about what happened almost immediately after that last battle. Kurt had a finger up. Well, And you should also tell us whether you want us to talk about kind of mechanically what the level up meant or not. And that's something that we can do as well. Yeah. Okay. Anybody who wants to specifically say, like, if you chose your path, as the monk or a domain as a cleric or something like that. Um, I don't think we had a cleric, but anyway. Uh, if you chose something special, or technically if JJ picked something special for you on your character sheet, <laughs> Let's be and real. you want to talk about that, go ahead and do that. But uh, JJ, yeah, get us kicked off on what happened right after that last fight and, and leading into um, this interlude between level one and three. So with the white dead and the skeletons dispatched, I rushed to Havoc's side and began to pour my healing magic into his body. Um, the blood seeped back into his wounds, the flesh knit, and the broken bone straightened, but breath would not return to Havoc's lips. Realizing at last that the soul had already fled this broken body, I searched Havoc. I found various the, knickknacks. The, the title of that episode is Loot the Body. Nice. Well done. I found various knickknacks, as well as payment for the delivery to the baker nestled in secret pockets and pouches. Shaking my head with sadness, I turned to my fellow combatants. I pointed to Elena. Will you please help the one called Truk dig a grave? I then turned to the tiefling. And will you use your fell magics to burn those misbegotten creatures into the nether? Without looking for affirmation from either, I entered the prayer. I entered prayer. I called upon the one called Narak to accept my payment in exchange for guiding the soul of Havoc to somewhere safe in the after. I told Narak of Havoc's deeds, and that while surely the failed assassination of the baker was ill-conceived, his role in that was unwitting. That when Havoc fully realized the consequences of his actions, he sought rectification. And for though he feared them, he waged battle against the spiders. And for though he knew his life was in danger, he led us to the white. And for those actions, he paid the final price. And that price should buy him some respite in the after. Upon exiting my prayer, I saw signs of Narak's influence upon Havoc's body. Havoc's eyes had been removed as evidenced by the sunken eyelids. I looked around and saw that Nestless was gleefully blasting the remains of the dead in the smithereens. Gleefully? Absolutely. <laughs> I saw Elena and Truk solemnly digging a shallow grave. So I removed two gold pieces from my personal purse and placed them on Havoc's eyes, saying, And so the final price is paid? Bury Havoc well, and bury Havoc far, and bury Havoc safely. The others looked to me when they heard my voice, and they may have seen Naraka accept payment. This is visualized by the coins dematerializing. And I felt a great calm come over the area. I knew now that this gravesite was consecrated. And so I stood, walked to the grave, and helped my new compatriots dig the grave of the first of our fallen. The town was in shambles when at last we returned. The apothecary was demanding the baker to let him harvest the spiders. The barkeep had thrown everything that was Havoc's out onto the street for fear of spider eggs, and I felt that those items were mine to claim. So I approached the area aggressively and scared the locals away from the claim. Looking through what was now mine, I discovered a package of dozens of letters written in a womanly hand, all addressed to my dearest Havoc though I was certain that each one was from a different hand. I had seen upon Elena's person an inkwell 
and distinctive plumage of quills. I asked her to look into this and determine if one of these ladies might be his wife. He had lots of wives. So with that, that covers what happened to Havoc immediately after the last battle. What are the uh, what do the other characters think of what happened during that time? Uh, I would think Nestleus, after gleefully blasting away at the bones of those that we took away, um, I think she would look upon Calamte with a new respect. You know, she kind of just blew him off at the beginning, but after seeing the respect that he paid to Havoc, I think she would like look at him like kind of like a little leader. She was blinded by Truk's beauty. She was, you know, blinded by... She's infatuated with Truk. Um, if I can interrupt, she did actually, um, in one of the previous episodes, it sh- uh, she was very... She looked at him with starry eyes at Calamte after the um, the healing of the daughter in the bakery. So now it's... So you did look at him. I did look at with him. starry but, but, eyes, just not heartfelt eyes. But now it's, now it's different. Now it's more admiration mm. rather than infatuation. Ooh. Ooh. It's getting deep. <laughs> now chicken bear so is, is uh, Troop good at uh, digging graves? I am. As a monk, uh, you do repetitive, boring actions over and over again in order to develop discipline. So, uh, Truk is very good at digging graves. So he's got a strong forearm. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, <God. laughs> Kurt's making some great motions this. that no one can see. The two girls were never mind. Britt started it. What? Mm-hmm. Britt started it. So, um, because she started it, we'll talk to her next. So, with, uh, with. Britt, you have come up with some information mm-hmm. for Elena over the last few months. And part of that was uh, feelings that she had during the previous fights or that previous adventure. Um, well, first off, Elena would react to Havoc's death probably really poorly because, for one, she has strange feelings about death that may get explored deeper in the coming episodes. Um, but also, I had made the connection that Elena was knocked out twice in the previous encounters, uh, and both times were very strange to come back to, because in the first, she came back to Havoc trying to resuscitate her. In the second, he was jello. And (laughs) in the second time, she was knocked out. When she came back to, Havoc was gone. He was dead. Um, Along with some very interesting conversations with the character... Between those incidents, she has very strange feelings about Havoc and greatly mourns his loss, although she didn't really like him as a person. I like that. Yeah. Death changes things. Mm-hmm. It does. That finality. Does. Um, but she also has different ways of seeing the other characters and of trying to keep the other characters connected. Um. And in that, her first thing is at the end of the last encounter where Truk has decided that we are going to go after this creature that nobody knows of but him and his monastery and the surrounding towns. Um, Elena's reasoning for following this character is that when she was knocked out the first time, 
um, one of the last things she saw before she was knocked out was that as the spider had bit her and um, she was passing out from the poison damage, um, what she saw was Truk's character fly down the stairs and attack the spider, and she swore in that moment that if she were to make it through the encounter, she would repay the favor. So she so was going to bite the spider back. Yeah, she she was going to bite the spider back, but she was also going to pay Truk back. Okay. Yeah. That's like 50 gold or so, and that oh, okay. should be clear. Yeah. All right, maybe more. That's what. It, that's the going rate. Truk is a life. cheap whore. He is. Yeah, well, he flew down the stairs. His arms were tired when he got down there. <laughs> His arms were tired from other things. Uh, uh, oh, no, I have a very strong forearm. That's true. Just one. Sure you do. Just one strong forearm? <laughs> Just one. Just one bragging rights. Uh, so what? So after that, um, you said you said that um, Elena would help Truk out or repay the favor. Mm-hmm. So what has that meant over the last six months? Um, one of the main things that she's done is as the other characters have gotten discouraged with the attempts or not really understood why they were following through with this quest that nobody had known that they were going to be going on ahead of time, um, Elena has been trying to keep them connected and keep them all on the same path. Um, some of the things that she would mention was that, uh, um, I'm sorry, I have notes. I'm very bad at this. <laughs> we all have some notes here. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, bear with us as we search up different You're not bad at this. Just put yourself stuff. into the mind of your character. Right. <laughs> yeah. <And then> what? <laughs> um, uh, she would remind Nessalus and Calamity, is it Calamity or Calamity? Calamity. Calamity. Okay. She would remind Nessalus and Calamity both that Truk was the one who was determined to get back to the monastery in the previous um, encounters, and he had only changed his mind upon hearing up- upon this news. He, as the person who we had seen to be, who he, we had seen him to be so far, must feel that this quest is important not only to him on a personal level, but also to a greater good. What less would pull him from his beloved monastery? That is she true. would. She would mention to Calamity specifically, um, because of their conversation previously, in the tavern, you told me that you were sent here by your emperor because of his gift of foresight. He sent you to this place for a reason. We saved the baker and his family, yes, which is a great enough reason to be here. However, don't you feel there may have been a deeper purpose here? What if this, this quest, was the real reason you were meant to be here? Yeah, dog. Because, I mean, Truk was really just there to get bread. It's true. And he couldn't. Now, there's got to be something bigger than that, just missing bread. Right. I, 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 feel, I feel like this might be a plot hook of some kind. Really? Yeah. What? I don't have any plot hooks. We're just kind of winging it. I yeah. was there to get bread. Yeah, no, um, the, the emperor definitely sent me to this area for something more than the life of a baker. Heck yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, and her conversation with Nessalus, uh, she would say, we need you. In the fight against the stranger and his minions who killed our Havoc, our Havoc, our Havoc, our. Our havoc uh, you were the one of us whose blows seemed to affect the creatures the most. It was you and your power, which is unfamiliar to me, who was able to pull us through that. And although you are untrained, you are invaluable among us. Let us help you and be an asset to you as you have been and can continue to be for us. Fight with us and be our ally. It would benefit us all to stay together in this. Of that I have no doubt. You're going to make the uh, 17-year-old all... Uh, yeah, like, yeah. 
as I was reading that and listening to you, I could see Nestleus, like as you're talking to her, she kind of stands a little bit taller, a little straighter. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. Yeah, so now, I do rock. Yeah, I do rock. Yeah. And I mean, so if you think, if you put yourself mm. in the mind of Nestleus, right now she's, she's out on a mission because she's lost. Mm. She lost her mother. She lost her grandmother. She lost the two matriarchs in her life. So she's mm. kind of in a bit of a tailspin, which is why she, lacked on, she latched on. I can be your matriarch. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> true. <laughs> So quickly, so now in you, she sees like a big sister, someone whom she can aspire to be more like. So she's going to start like trying to emulate emulate mm. you. And as you do your form, she's going to also kind of mm. like work out and stuff like that. Cool. And speaking of... Your barbell lifts with your tail. Oh, yeah. Nice you you want to find I'm out? I'm working on it. <laughs> We're going to have uh, Mickey talk a little bit about what Nestleus went through over the last six months. Okay. So as I said, Nestleus was very infatuated with Truk when she first met him. You know, the long jet black hair, muscular features, that intense mannerism, that perfect bad boy. And she was just <laughs> head over heels. Then she so, learned he was good and dropped him. And yeah. <laughs> So as often is the case with unrequited love, because he didn't really give her the time of day, she was very uh, jealous, and she sorry. was in t- she was in determined to make him notice her. So during the group, Nestleus hatches a couple of schemes in order to get Truk to notice her. So one in particular, however, turned out to be quite deadly. So now I'm going to read from Nestleus's diary. Dear diary, we just arrived at Orch- Orchardton, and I was. I saw this amazingly cute guy. He was drawing water from a well. He was tall, muscular, and a smile that just would not let go. So I flirted with him. Hard. And right in front of Turk. Truk. Truk. Damn it. Damn it, man! <laughs> Mission failed! And right in front of Truk. At last, I found someone who was at least as attractive as Truk. There's going to be sure to get a response from him this time. Well, Mishkael seemed to be taken by my charms, and he was very intrigued with what I could do with my tail. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so, no clarification on that. Well, the <laughs> lady never tells. Well, she never really has to explain <laughs> things to her diary. And so when whatever <laughs> clue that Truk and the Calamite were following dried up, I told Mishmish that we were through. That the life of the adventurer was calling me back to the road. It seems that Mish, as himself, was no, had no small skill and decided that he wanted to join our band. So Elena worked with him on his forms. I practice, of course. And Truk taught him unarmed combat. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> as we made our way towards whatever goal we were going to. I did that we with very strong to. forearms. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> Stop messing with my screen. I lost my place. You see what you did, James? Uh, Next paragraph. Did you just mess with it? Right at the top. So out of nowhere, some filthy freaking goblins attacked. There were like 15 of them, and we pretty much routed them. Then I saw the the perfect opportunity. I played the damsel in distress, and Truk was going to save me. So I acted like I sprained my ankle. I cried out, and I fell to the ground. Truk never once looked at me. But Mish, Mishkael, poor Mishkael, he turned immediately to come to my rescue. He made a violent motion with his sword and flew through the air. And that's when he noticed that the goblin had stabbed him right through the back. The look on his eyes as he stared first at me and then the blade through his sternum haunts my dreams to this day. I blasted that goblin to the lowest bit of hell I could find. 
and at once I entered Mish's mind. I took away all the pain and, take, and took him to that empty field that had been his playground growing up. I told him that I was so sorry. Diary, I was so sorry he had given his life to save mine. I told him mine was never in danger. He shushed me and kissed me and whispered that it was all worth it. And then I felt him pass. I withdrew from his mindscape and looked around. Calamte had removed the sword and was working his healing magics, but I knew, I knew that my mish was gone. He was gone forever from me. That's when Truk told me that he had given his life for mine, because behind me laid the goblin with mish's sword through his forehead. While I played my little game, that goblin had me dead to rights. Diary, I grew up that day. Here I was trying to win Truk's love, but it cost Mish, Mish his life, a gift I never deserved. Aww. <laughs> that was me crying in the middle. <laughs> I love the fact that you address your diary in the first person. It's awesome. All girls yeah. do. Diary. <laughs> the thing is, as, as a diary, warlock, warlock a sorcerer, warlock. Warlock. As a warlock, her diary book. probably has life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably talks back. So let's not rule that out. So with that, um, that was at least one of the battles that happened over the last several months. Uh, Others would have been against um, some of the other slavers that uh, Kurt had mentioned earlier from Troop's perspective that were led by the Dark One. Many of them would have been undead. Go ahead, Bert. Um, I would just like to interrupt for a second um in the same sense that nesilis was seeing elena as an older sister after that situation elena became very protective over nesilis and she's kind of going to try to thwart anyone who looks at nesilis the wrong way either in a good way or a bad way (laughs) the good wrong or the bad wrong nice so what i'd like to do next is um I want to eat this slice of pizza, so I'm going to ask you guys now to talk amongst your, yourselves. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about like what was I, asked I earlier. Real quick. The level we spent, three stuff. Go we ahead, spent the, the last um, podcast talking about how healthy we were eating, yeah. and now Joe's like, I'm going to eat a slice of pizza. I am, but well, there's also it's, wine. On, there's also it's on the plate with a bunch of grapes. grapes. <laughs> well, there's also a bunch of healthy two, snacks. Two slices, two yeah. glasses of wine, and I'm on my fourth slice. Nice. So, well wow. done, so I brought you, a salad, and then I You did that twice. You can't eat tomorrow. So for those who are familiar, with what your character is has done between one and three mechanically talk about your character sheet um go ahead and mention a couple things about your character kurt if you want to kick that off <laughs> kurt's doing his muscle arm i will so, start yeah. because unlike everyone else who just had jj do their character sheet <gasps> i did my own <laughs> then i had jj correct it and tell me that it was all wrong which i totally appreciated because he is the man mm-hmm. and next time i will just have him do it James is just the uber nerd. No, but in all seriousness, uh, I am playing a monk because it's a totally new class to me. I am 100% unfamiliar with it. So I spent a lot of time with the player's handbook, which I have in my hand. And I will tell you that briefly, at level 2, the monk in 5th edition D&D gets access to uh, a really core feature of the class, which is the idea of key points. Key is the energy that... A monk can channel the energy of life that flows through his body, can channel it and essentially transform into power. Um, it will be referred to in modern Japan as, uh, as qi, in China as qi, or maybe I got it backwards, but that's what it is. So at second level, I get the idea that my training has allowed me to harness the mystical energy of qi 
and I can spend key points to do one of three things, at least at this level. I can use a flurry of blows, which means that immediately after I make an attack um, on my turn, I can spend one key point to make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. So I essentially get a triple ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, you give a triple No, no, he's going to get it. <laughs> You're right. I give a triple. Wait, you get I, you have three asses? You're doing the triple Lindy? What? I'm just going to kick ass with okay. my flurry of blows, dudes. Right, Come cool, on. Cool, go for it. Another option would be patient defense, where I can spend a key point uh, to take the dodge action as a bonus action on my turn. Kind of cool. Uh, and then I have Step of the Wind where I can spend a key point to take the disengage or dash, dash action as a bonus on my turn. And if I jump, my jump speed or distance, rather, is uh, doubled for the turn. So that's all cool. The basic idea here is you're a young monk. All of a sudden you're getting quicker. You can disengage. You can dash. You can defend. Or you can take an extra attack because you're becoming faster. JJ is working his forearm vigorously <laughs> in the door. Yeah, he is. Um, I was just getting some cool air from the outside. At third level, the key point for the monk is that he has to choose a monastic tradition or a school, if you will. And there are three. I'm not educated enough to speak about them, but they are the way of the open hand, the way of the four elements, and the way of the shadow. Uh, Way of the shadow, you're essentially a ninja, ninja, shadow dancer, assassin. Way of the four elements lets you call on the earth, fire, wind, uh, earth, fire, wind, and... uh, Probably water. Captain Planet. Water. Fire. Wind. There we go. Um, But I chose. Down to zero. I chose to go the way of the open hand. Baby, I love you, but I quit your day job. At this level, way of the open hand is not particularly interesting, but I'll tell you the way of the open hand, the idea is that those monks are the ultimate masters of martial arts combat. Um, We learn techniques to push and trip opponents, manipulate their key to. Uh, heal damage to our bodies, and we practice advanced meditation to protect ourselves from harm. So the basic idea is at low level, we get a couple of cool skills. What I have right now is the open hand technique. That means if I hit someone with my flurry of blows, uh, so if I have a successful hit, I can choose one of three effects. Um, I can knock them prone if they fail a dexterity saving throw. I can knock them 15 feet away from me if they fail a strength saving throw. That's so the a idea hell of here, a bitch slap. Yeah, I mean, the idea here is I get to basically take them and whale them into the wall of the room if they fail their, you know, fail their save. Or the last chance, which I actually think is potentially the most valuable, is that uh, the opponent can't take any reactions until the end of my next turn. Mm-hmm. So that would be a full cycle with no opportunity attacks or other reactions. Um, I will just mention that at higher level, the way of the open hand gives you the opportunity to heal yourself to some degree at level 6. And then most importantly, I think at level, if I remember correctly, level 17, JJ, I get this basically a save or die power Mm -hmm. where I get to, and I'm not there yet, but I'm just going to give you a preview of what to come. (laughs) I basically get to Mm -hmm. wail an opponent, start a series of vibrations inside its body. And then for up to 24 hours, continue the vibrations going until a moment where I decide to snap my fingers and stop them, at which point, if I remember correctly, internet, don't get angry at me. Um, the internet hates you It already. gets basically a save or die roll, and if it fails, it literally dies. And if it succeeds on the roll, it takes something like 10d10 necrotic damage. That's nice. Which is nice. That is very cool. So that's where I am. It's like a five-finger death punch. Exactly. Yeah. Who else has something about their level three character that they'd like to mention? James. Um, so as a paladin, I actually chose to take the, uh, the Oath of Vengeance. Um, this allows me to pick a uh, single enemy on the field and just yeah. absolutely ruin them. 
ruin. Um, level two wasn't too specifically amazing. Um, my healing pool from Lay on Hands has increased, though, which will be handy. Um, and I gained access to Divine Might. Yeah, you definitely want more of that because everybody's gaining hit points. Exactly. So you want to be able to heal more, yeah. And I become immune to disease. Nice. So, sex for everybody because no <laughs> SCDs, man. You're immune already? I'm immune, immune to disease. You can't get poisoned? I can't get poisoned, but not diseased. Okay. Cool. So you can't get the clap? I can't get the clap. Not the hiv? I'm going to call him the clapper. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> In fact, I can actually take away your clap with my penis. That's great. Oh, my gosh. It's like a vacuum? Not safe for work this episode, what is, folks. What is the sound of two penises clapping? <laughs> if two penises yeah, clap in the wood. How many people are thinking about Ow. If two penises clap in the wood and no one hears them, do they make a sound? That's a great question for a monk. They would actually hear it, though, because, I mean, unless you have, unless you have diphalia. You, two, like... You have to two separate Disembodied guys. penises. Well, if, well monks know woods. about this stuff. Oh my god, this has to be the episode title. No. Two penises in the woods. Two penises in the woods. <laughs> I wouldn't put two penises in. Does it make a the sound? Title. Does I it wouldn't make a put sound? two penises in either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mickey, what do you know about Nessalus at third level? James? No, just kidding. <laughs> so she, her Eldritch Blast got superpowered. 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 She also picked up some extra spells, some level two and some level three spells. And her diary now writes back. Her diary writes back. Well, she's well, a bit more mature. What, what is Eldritch Blast? Eldritch Blast. <laughs> her um, teen Blast. angst what? attack from the My last... My teen angst attack? Yes. But I can just, you remind everyone at home what it does? <laughs> basically teen blasts angst. them away. I just take, channel that inner demonic energy mm. and... Blast an opponent. You described it as being a bright yellow light. Is it fire, lightning, spirit, energy? Energy. Force. Just, just. She described it as teen angst. It's teen angst. Yeah. She's channeling her inner Kurt Cobain. It's hormones channeled. Hormones channeled. Kurt was never a teenager. He went from 12 to 20. (sighs) I am. I am. I've had a hard life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Two arbitrary degrees. Kurt's had a good life. So, yeah, she picked up. Not only a, a superpower Eldritch Blast, but you know now she's got Blade Ward, Prestidigitation. She can do some minor illusions, illusions, whereas before all she could do was kind of speak into someone's mind. Now she can mess with your eyes as well. It's going to be super cool. She has progressed from minor delusions to minor illusions. From what is Blade of? Delusions. What was it? Blade of Blade, Blade Ward. Ward. What is Blade Ward? It's resisting bludgeoning damage. Oh. Resistance to all bludgeoning, bludgeoning, piercing, spe- piercing slashing. What? That's nice. So, so it's like kind of well, a mage good. armor type thing? But she's got like 12 AC, so she needs stuff like that. Yeah. I do need stuff yeah. like that. Nice. So yeah. She's, she's going to get hit. She's, it's just not going to hurt. She's armor. not as squishy Yeah. at level three, and she's got some, some stuff to, to wail on people. What are your hit points now? I can't tell the DM that. I'm just kidding. I have to look on my sheet. That's why. It's always going to be one more than the damage I do. 30. Oh, wait. You have more than me. I must have done something wrong. Possibly. Uh, Britt, what do you have me, right? for Elena? Well, maybe I'm you guys are both a D8. I'm probably going to need some help with this. Oh, you might. Um, Let's find at out. level three, Elena has taken the Battlemaster subclass. Uh, and to my knowledge, she's gotten three really cool looking attacks that I don't understand. Uh, for starters, what is a superiority die? Superiority die means that you have a pool of four D8 that you get every day. And it replenishes nice. on a long rest. Mm. 
Remember, our long rest is shorter than usual. I'm going to go, I'm going to, after mm-hmm. Britt does her recap on her character, I'm going to go over some of our expanded rules again. All right. she so she can use them for three attacks. She can use it for menacing attack. Mm-hmm. She can expend one for a menacing attack, expend one to parry or repost. Repost. And you can expend one for a commander strike. Mm-hmm. Can she parry the platypus? Maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> Depends on how quick he is. As a Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Parry the platypus. My sons would get that. Probably. Yeah. You have to be a teenager at some point in your life to get that. I'm the Teen Titans. They're Phineas and Ferb. Oh, my. I don't know any Teen Titans references. Britt, do you know anything else about your character? (laughs) JJ, what else do I know about my character? You gained access to a new artisan's tool. That's where the calligraphy thing came from that I mentioned in my backstory. Got it. She can make her mark I can write now. You can write beautifully. Nice. Which is why you know about the letters. This yes. is why you can. That's why I handed those letters off to you. Awesome. That's a random ability. I was trying to you, tie it, everything together. It's in nice. the water's I appreciate it. I like being able to write. In the monastery, calligraphy is an art that we practice for hours a day. Is that how you got those strong forearms? It is one of the reasons. One of the ways. Awesome. One of the ways. Wax one on, wax off. That's what he was doing. <laughs> just saying. So just as a recap for our Dungeons & Dragons campaign, we're using some of the expanded rules. um, And for anyone who cares to follow along with us, we are using, I'm I'm actually bringing it up right now, uh, from the Dungeon Master Guide. Towards the end of the book, there are some expanded rules, or rules options that you can use. Like we are using story-based advancement, which you can find in uh, the Dungeon Master Guide on 261. That is actually how we're jumping from level 1 to 3 as part of our story. We hit some milestones, we do some great stuff, and we're going to be advancing our characters quickly through some of the milestone levels that they have. So we skip level 2, we'll probably skip a couple other levels before we get to our next adventure. And... Uh, we will have that going on throughout our D&D campaign. So we will get to some higher level playing simply because we're going to be using this uh, rules option, which allows us to move through faster. We're also using proficiency dice and ability check proficiency, both of which are found on page 263. What that means is our characters do not have to worry about skills. We'll just be tying... uh, checks or dcs to actual abilities rather than going for skills and they'll be adding a proficiency die to their role rather than a static proficiency number then we also have hero just likes to make us work i do um we also have hero points which allows our characters to throw a d6 at a roll which is nice. Any D20 roll, they can add a D6 to it using they came a hero point. pretty clutch last, last uh, definitely helped. How many of those do we have? As you have, uh, you know, I'm going to have to look at this. Or some, does, if, it, if anybody else has the DMG, because it, it's, I think it's like five plus your level. And at level three now, you'll have eight. I believe really? that's the right number. Um, and then we're also using so healing surges, which allows us to take a, an action during combat to heal some hit dice, which is nice. 
And we're using Epic Heroism, which means our short rests are now five minutes and our long rests are one hour. The idea being for our podcast, we want to make sure our characters are doing as many big things as possible as often as possible. We don't want to worry about if we're going to uh, have a long rest before we can use the fireball again. We want to be able to use this stuff in every episode if we can. So that means things that take a long rest to recharge are going to take an hour. And things that take a short rest only take five minutes, which is great. And we're going to take that now into our next step. We've learned a bit about what happened over the last six months. And we have talked about our characters leveling up and a little bit of our background. And Mickey is signaling me to... Correction. It's level five. So here points is five plus half Five plus half your level. So, And we'll round up for that. So So we'll be at seven. 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 Everyone, Thank I you. pointed Rabbing out up. a rule. Mickey this is like a first time oh, ever. Oh, I'm, I'm rubbing off on her. Yeah, like not with my forearm or anything. Hey, don't tell anyone. Well, you can tell anyone. <laughs> rubbing off on her—that's dirty. Um, By the end of the night, I'll be rubbing off on. No. Here, so it. remind me what a hero point does. It's you can add a d6 to a d20 roll, whether it I mean, be d20. a save or an mm-hmm. attack or uh, a death saving throw. You it, can just and use a hero point to automatically succeed. We have seven. Yeah. Remember this: seven, because last seven. time we thought we only had one. Yeah, seven per level. Right. Yeah, I, I had misspoke at the beginning, saying one, then I corrected it because Kurt is the only one that does not wear headphones. Which he took off. He actually started tonight with him. I know. And he I can't handle the voices more, in I his head. More comfortable now. <laughs> I have so many there already. <laughs> so well for that as well. Um, so we, we are going to. We get them. Sorry, last thought. We get them back at the end of a long rest. No, we no, don't get them back until we level. level. Until we that level. is for your entire level. Now the way we're playing, use them up. Right. Don't don't get stuck at the end of a, a recording session with hero points because you'll just end up losing them. Uh, so it's like minutes. Use them or lose them. Kind of, yeah. Do they roll over? They are. We do not have hero point rollover. It wasn't an option. I want a new plan. As much as possible, we're sticking to what's in the book. Of course, I will be making stuff up as we go, as hopefully everyone else will. But we're going to stick to what's printed in the book where it's printed. And where we don't have something printed, we will make that crap up. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we roll. That's that my life. That's how we are rolling. A lot of practice. So we're going to pick up here child raising. the last battle that the group had with a group of, with a party of undead creatures. Um, actually, we're experiencing some warmth here, and I Apparently am. It's because we're hot so hot. Now, I, I am wiggy about bugs, so let's go ahead and turn the air conditioner on. What button and do we'll I press? deal with it at the bottom right. How about That's, the on-off button, Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that one. Um, and... We have now, in the last battle, uh, again, while chasing down the slavers, in the last battle, towards the end of the battle, uh, there was another white. So there was another creature who could talk to you. And by the end of it, the white had uttered that the group of um, the slavers and the people that they work for, the dark-hooded one, were expected to head towards the town... Tijon. Tijon which just so happens to be the town where Truk is from. So we're going to let Kurt take it from there. Right. So Tijon is a very small farming village. It is 10 or 12 small one-bedroom houses, um, a couple of pastures with sheep and cows, uh, one small general store. This is not a city. This is a small town nestled at the, the base of a foothill. 
mm-hmm. um, with pastures. Nothing. So you nothing. podunk. It is podunk, but it is where where I grew up and where I left Renji when I went off to the monastery. So um, my under, you know we've been off, we've been fighting. My understanding is that from our last battle, we have a we have intimations or or information from the white that they're heading towards Tijon. Um and you know I would tell you all that while at heart I want to go back to the monastery I'm not I don't want to adventure for the sake of adventuring um you know I personally cannot let these people go anywhere near my hometown knowing what they are doing in the region and I have to head back there and I <clears throat> hope that you will consider joining me I don't fault you for your concern Neither do I What do you think Elena I think I think we have to do this I think we have to do this. Well, I appreciate that. I think if we can, if we can all head there, it's you know from where we are now. I would. It's, <laughs> like, where's the argument? Like, well, what about maybe? No, no. Okay, let's go. No one's got anything. Well, I did mention in- that my convincing skills were excellent. <laughs> exactly. We've been yeah. adventuring with him for a while. So. Yeah, it's been months. A while. Now. Yep. Right. Yeah, now say while. She always pronounces the H in any W H. Don't word. judge me. While. It's while. Why will we? Well, we did that. I would say no, that H you know, will. from where we are now, uh, <laughs> if there were no complications or interruptions, it's probably a three-day hike to Tijon yeah. um, through relatively easy terrain. Um, and I, I mean, I want to head there as soon as you know. We need to try to catch them before they get to the village. So flat out, no, no stops. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I'm going to drop my extra weight, and I want to go. And if you all can keep up with me, great. But um, the town, they're not going to have defenses to stand against these, these people. Fair enough. And you are going to far out strip my fat ass. I thought you were fit. I am fit, but I'm also carrying a 65-pound um, full-plate armor. Oh, yeah, and a 40-pound sword. Yeah, that's some heavy stuff right there, yeah. He's got so. strong forearms, too. So he's going to so. go flat out. And well, leave everyone we'll, behind. We will go as flat out as he can go. How about that? Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so we while, run about well, 100 I, yards. I mean, while I'm tempted to scout ahead and, or to just try to catch them, I know that I can't stand against a white and the slavers and whatever undead minions he has on my own. That would be foolhardy. Um, I need my party with me, so we want to you know, start towards Tijon as quickly as we can. Party on. Party on, right. Garth. Party so on. as we do that, and you're, set, you're setting yourself out towards Tijon, and um, you're going to follow the road for three days, you'll get there. Uh, who is going to be doing any kind of scouting ahead or anything? Is that going to happen? Who's going to be up front? It would have to be him. Yeah, I mean, generally, I'll be the quickest. Okay. Uh, I'm unar- unarmored. Um, okay. My weight is very light. So I'll be trying to, within reason, run ahead, keep an eye out, see what I can see. Uh, make sure that the road is safe for us. Okay. So what I want Truk to do is on the second night, as you are just over halfway there, mm-hmm. uh, you are scouting up ahead as the sun has uh, fallen. The Are you traveling east-west, do you know? Uh, northwest. Uh, northwest. So the, the sun has fallen ahead of you. It's no longer glaring in your eyes. Uh, there's that nice purplish hue in the, in the sky above you. Up ahead of you, you're pretty sure that there's something up on the road a little farther up, and I would like you to do a perception check, which for us is going to be wisdom. Right, so... So do a wisdom roll. Well, I rolled a two on the die, okay. and, and I think even... It, 
<laughs> well, I was going to yeah, say, as matter. far as you know, up ahead of you, there's some air hanging heavily <laughs> in the air. My plus three modifier didn't make a difference on that. Oh, it's a five. Then. It's a five. All right. So then you <laughs> fail to notice the air. What about you, in wisdom, aren't and you? And you start gasping for breath, thinking that there's no air. Wait, I get to. I got to figure out these new rules. I also get to roll my wisdom proficiency die. Yes. And I'm pretending as if this will make a difference. Okay. Okay. And I get to add a three to that, so I'm up to eight. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm you are slightly sure. above average. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's some there's dirt in your eye. There is something up ahead, and you hear noises from around you as if you are surrounded. Around me, including yes. behind, behind. Yes, all the way around you. All right, so the road is behind me, but I, I feel them. The front, road is behind side. and ahead of you, and you thought you saw something moving up in the distance at the edge of your vision uh, right after the sun has set. And as you are looking ahead and trying to figure out what that might be, you hear like a whole lot of snapping twig, rustling leaf sounds all around you. All right. And we are, we're, we're not, nece- we're halfway in our journey? A little over half, two, okay. two out of the three days in. How far ahead of the party am I? How far ahead would you have scouted? Five feet. 200 yards. <laughs> so two to 400 w- yards. we'll go in foot terms. So you're, say, l- let's say you're 500 feet okay. uh, ahead or so. Right. I want to make it so that when somebody says they're doing something, we can translate it to the feet that's on their page. Right. Um. Does 500 feet sound all right to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's a little over a quarter mile. Yeah. So I well, either see them in the very far distance or they're just out of sight. You don't really... It, it looked like something dark moving on the road. You know, uh, you saw ants yeah. like 20 feet away kind I meant of the thing. party behind me. Oh, behind you? just see them or they're just out of sight. Probably. Okay. Right? I mean, unless anybody has struck up any uh, torches or any lanterns or something like that, right. then... Right. They would just be little bits on the road behind you. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to try to move as stealthily as I can back on the road towards the party. Okay. I don't want to fight what I don't know is Who's surrounding me. Who's keeping track of initiative? Oh, I'll man. do it. There's no one there to have initiative except for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to roll. All right. We are going to seriously dot some initiative. Remember, you're also proficient in dexterity. Right. So hit me, people. But is that already, if I have a plus four to initiative, Ten. is that already factored in? Ten. Please note Nothing your proficient is factored in anything. <laughs> what about my dexterity is plus four. Well, so, so you rolled a one. That plus four. I did roll a one. I, and I rolled a two. At I'm least I got that out of the way. Yeah. No, it's your proficient in dexterity rolls. Initiative is based off your dexterity. Oh, so it's, it's d20 plus dexterity plus the proficiency die? Yeah. Sorry. And you also get a proficiency die. So you get an extra D4. 15, Mickey. Why do I get an extra D4? Because you're proficient in dexterity rolls. But it, you didn't put a thing there. That's your proficiency in saves. God damn. And for all the people at home, <laughs> you're we saving are saving versus awesome. going last. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a 12. So just to clarify, generally, <laughs> yeah. rule noob, uh, initiative is your D20 roll plus your dex modifier. Fire yep. plus your proficiency bonus. Yep. But because we don't have a you know plus well, two proficiency, proficiency bonus, we have a one d four. Is a die. Right. Yes. So it, for us, it's d twenty plus dex plus a d four roll. You got it. For those with the proficiency in dex, yes. Right. Okay. What you got? I only have an eleven. Well, I go. We play. We go several weeks between me. playing, yeah, so we good. have to get our heads around this stuff. It's crazy. <clears throat> Mickey, would you please put me down for a thirteen and a seven? 
Okay, uh, so top of the order, believe it or not, me. is Truk. Outstanding. Wow. So, and and the way we're going nothing. to play this is because he knows there's sounds around him, and he has said he's going to start making his way back towards the group. He'll go first. Everybody else, until something happens, you don't know anything's happening yet. So the next thing to go will be one of my initiatives. Which is 13. Okay. And what do I put there? Just... Um, you can put uh, actually put death under one and dismemberment under the other. <laughs> Thirteen. <laughs> well, then so, Elena. So, Wait, so do I see doing? any enemies? What at I this would point? let you do at this point is make another wisdom roll on your way uh, as you start to walk back towards the group. Right. So, am I using a full move action back towards the group? Are you? You said you were starting to head back to the group. So right, so I haven't been attacked. All I hear is noises. So yeah, I'm moving. Right. So you you've been alerted. You're, right, you're yes. been walking down the road. You got alerted. You're now on full alert right. as you retreat back down the road because something spooked you. Right. So without thinking about the mechanics, I'm trying to be stealthy and figure out what's going on around me. So you're probably not running. No, no, no. I'm so trying we'll to take your regular movement speed. So right. you're not going to Stealth is right. if he wants to roll stealth, you need to move at half speed. Half speed. Okay. If you're trying to be stealthy, you're walking down the middle of the road. Which yeah, well, and literally could not be stealthy under anyway. Right. I mean, they will have seen me and they're moving. Mostly. So I'm going to take full speed, which for me now is 40 because I've got this unarmored movement. And are awesomeness. you going to use your action to look around you? Yes. So you have a move and then a regular action. Uh, can I double move? If you double move, then you cannot take the action to investigate your surroundings. Right. I'd rather remember, double move back to Remember, the though, yeah. you can spend a key point and you step with the wind. Remember. <laughs> Love JJ. You can use two key points. Step for the win, which lets me disengage or dash. Exactly. Is dash another is, move? Is another move. Is full another move? Dash is running is away. An, it's another move plus 10. So you could, what, triple move, essentially? Is that? Essentially, yeah, if you okay. use dash. Okay. In that case, I've never used a dash movement in my life, so this is new. Uh, in that case, rainbow dash. I will move 40 feet back. I will spend a key Take the oh my gosh. Right. So then I'll spend a key point to take the dash action as a bonus action, which will be another 40 plus 10. So I'm 90 feet back. Okay. Um, and you're going to move again, which is going to be 130. Move. Well, I got move, I got bonus, and then I have an action action, and I'm going to move again, which is another 30. So I'm 120 feet back. So I should be pretty well disengaged yeah. from those guys. You're going but to not, be moving. Yes. But not back to my party. You just did some Usain Bolt stuff. Yeah. So that's crazy right, right there. And so then I think that's all I can do. Okay. Uh, so and we then, see true, like, booking ass back right. to us. Uh, probably, right. I'm 120 feet from them. So he's going to start running, and it'll probably take a few seconds to realize he's coming towards you, where before he was kind of standing still. It'll he's take a few bigger. seconds. Because he's going to cover a quarter of the distance <sighs> in, in a few seconds. Um, and who's up after you, that? The 13? 13, oh. also known yeah, as death. Is. Okay, so my uh, initiative of a 13 is... Not really at all. I can't hear you at all. Are you plugged in? I am plugged in. There okay, it is. I heard you. Technical difficulties, people. This is live. Hey, we are live on the air, except it's being recorded and you'll hear it a month later. Um, we're not live. We're, we're uh, 18 to hit on Truk. On Truk? Uh, 18 will 18 hit. 18 will hit. Yep. Hey. All right, so Truk, as you are running... What's hitting me from 120 feet away? An arrow okay. pierces your side for eight points of damage. And I, I don't have any possible save on that, right? 
Uh, that is correct. Okay. Uh, I mean, save versus arrow is your armor class. <laughs> right. And so it didn't work. All right. <laughs> and then I think my 11 is going to be next, and a 17 to 17. That hits. Okay. What 11? You said 13. Oh, wait, 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 uh, wait, wait, wait. My other one's can, going next. Can we pause for a second? I'm, you I'll, can pause. I'm the rules moron. Go for it. Uh, starting at third level, which yeah. I think we are now, I can use... Now, you have to tell me whether I get a reaction. No. You didn't even look to see if they were there. You just ran. Okay. So I want to say it as... So I can't catch. They're essentially surprising you. You are using all of your... Uh, your monkeyness to run away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Monkey. All, right. all right. So first Does one hit me, and then you said seventeen on number two. Yeah, seventeen. To hit. You have a tail. This <laughs> one is three damage as the arrow grazes your shoulder and flies past. Okay. That's so not good. Two arrows came out from behind you now as you're running, and we can go to whoever is next at that point. Uh, does True make any sound as he gets shot with two arrows? I'm fairly stoic, Sweet. so I actually would not make a okay. sound. So anybody who, um, at the end of this round, everybody will know something's up. In the mm-hmm. meantime, if you want to realize something is up, I would ask for a wisdom roll. And your DC is going to be easy. It's a 10, because mm-hmm. Truk is booking ass. So do you want all of us to roll? Anybody who feels they want to take an action in the first 15. round needs to get a 10 or better on a wisdom check. So is that your what did you was that your wisdom check? Yeah, I have a twenty-four. Yeah, that'll work. Did All everybody right, so succeed? So it is Elena's turn. All right. And you said that was our action. So no. that's your your regular action, but you can start running towards him. You know, do a, a move in a different direction, stage yourself, get off the road. I mean, you've got options for moving, uh, and anything you could do as a bonus action would work. Things like that. But your JJ. regular action has Do been I have used. Any bonus up. actions? Not currently. Okay. Now I'm just going <laughs> to start running towards him. Okay. So you will cover a certain amount of distance. What is your speed? Shh. Don't figure this out. It's somewhere on the character sheet. But I don't know where. Character sheet. It's right there. Thank you. Everyone, our character sheets are different. Yeah. Which is why we're having so much trouble. Okay, so uh, if somebody wants to kind of keep track of this, um, you guys are now, what, 300 feet apart-ish, right, 250 or so, because she started moving forward, he's moving back, just to get an idea for when range yeah. matters. We're going to get some rough guesses here. I'm 280. Got it. Okay. And uh, who's up after that? Calamte. Calamte. I will also move forward as far as I can. Okay. Which is 30 feet. All right. Seven. Uh, that was the other arrow. I just treated them both at the same time because he was running. Nestleus failed. <laughs> she but she sees everyone two, else running. But everyone yeah. else is booking, so she's yeah. going to be like, so, wait uh, for me, guys. Yeah, and then on the next round, you'll pick that up. Fantastic. So the idea is you're trying to figure out what's going on, and it takes you a full six seconds to realize something is going on, and you lose that action. <laughs> Got it. All right. So Nestle's like, you didn't say ready, set. <laughs> exactly. Just starting. Just, just said go. What's going on? What's going on? You d- it was, was it go on three? Or was it three then go? Then go. I, I, damn it. <laughs> All right. So let's get the next round started. I think Truk was Truk, up first. You're up. Right. Okay. So I have now, everyone knows that I'm under attack. Everyone knows that something's going on. As of this round, yes. Right. So at this point, there's no reason for me to retreat further. I've been shot. Yep. I'm going to turn around and haul ass I've been shot. at the nearest 
So you could have an asshole. I think I got shot from. You're such an asshole. Right. I'm I'm angry. Uh, yeah. And so True. I, my main angry. My main goal in going back was to make sure my party was with so me. So now here's the They're tough coming. part. You're right. turning around and trying to figure out where the arrows came from. Right. That's your first action. Well, well I heard them on the side of the trails. Roughly. You don't even know how far away they were. You just got hit. You were that running. Is an action to do a perception check. If you want to find what's out there, because it, you were running away from things that you didn't see to begin with, right. you turned around. They are not obvious. All right, I don't want to do that. I'm okay. going to double book it. Just go back straight back to where I was and, you and off to the right. Okay. So the road I was going down initially, yeah. Yeah. I'm double timing it and I'm going off to the right into the woods. Okay. So that will be forty. 40 plus 10, 90 feet, yeah. I think. You don't need to dash this time. You don't dash. Don't dash. Just run. Yeah, just 40, 40. Just, 40. just double move. 40, 40. Okay. Uh, so that's action and bonus action. Or that's, that's well, a, it's only a bonus action. action move and action. Yeah. And I don't think I have anything I can do as a bonus action other than okay. maybe ready, ready myself for an no, attack. You could bonus action move again if you wanted to. A full move? Yeah, he's been a key point. Bonus action, move again. Yeah, but you don't um, want to burn those. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yet. He probably wants to use it to punch something. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay. at sixty. So I'm back to you know 100 and. You're 40 and 40. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, do right. we have the passive stuff on these sheets? Do we have like passive perception, mm-hmm. passive? Wisdom? Yes, um, but that was one thing I wanted to clarify yeah. with you. Like, how does passive perception going to work? It's still going to be wisdom based. It is, but it uses the proficiency modifier. Yeah. If you're proficient in it. So, so what, what I would use for that then would be a little different because he's running in a direction that he thinks is right. What is the passive perception you have on your sheet? On my sheet, I have yeah. plus three, which is just my wisdom modifier. Okay. And roll a d4 to add to it. Okay. I guess, yeah, go ahead. Do it. Passive right. perception is always 10 plus 10 your plus. perception modifier. Yeah. It should be. Because it's passive. Oh. It's yeah. not... I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have it wrong on my sheet. So it's 10 plus wisdom, right? Which yep. is plus 3, so it would just be 13? Yeah. So and Joe is saying add a d4 to this. Yeah. Okay, so 13 plus a d4. Because normally you would get your proficiency modifier gotcha. added to it. So it would be 16 on this. Okay. Um, at the end of your movement, you see next to a tree off on the side of the road, a figure with a bow pointed at you. You know where they are now. Okay. Okay. Do you say anything? I'm pointing. Okay. There. And for those there who are now 400 feet back from him, you see some movement. Right. Who has Fantastic. a range like that? <laughs> Who's up after that? Death and dismemberment. Death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Truk, that figure notches an arrow and lets it fly directly at you. Does a 15 hit you? No. All right. So that arrow flies right oh. past you. So I can take a reaction on that, right? You know it's there now? I'm going to say yes. Um, So I can use my reaction to deflect, or this is new, so deflect or catch a missile when I'm hit. Do I have to be hit? When I'm hit by a range attack. Yeah. Ah, Sorry, But that's fine because it quickly notches another arrow and shoots you again. Okay, what does he roll? Uh, That would be uh, 16. Misses. 16. That's an issue. That was nice and close, though. Closer. But you probably felt the fletching as it flew past. For the people at home, I've got this thing now called deflect missiles, where if I'm hit, I have a chance to catch or deflect it. Great. And then, um, so that was my 13. Uh, Mickey, who's up next in the regular initiative? Elena. 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 All right, so you're hundreds of feet back still. All right. Um, you saw that troop ran off to the right. Okay. You do have a longbow. Yeah. It's not that long. 
Really? It has some pretty good range. Uh, not it can 400 shoot, feet. It can shoot 600 feet. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, anything over 120 is disadvantage? Yeah. Yeah. I think your maximum is 600. So you can. So you could shoot with disadvantage from where you are. Or you could you just might hit him. You know, move you up 30 him. feet or double move. Your choice. I'm going to whale these dudes. Right, I'm going to so move 30 feet and try. Okay. Let's give that a shot. Literally. <laughs> okay. So disadvantage, <laughs> I roll two <laughs> d20 and take it. the lower one. Yes. Yep. And a d4. Yeah, yep. so just Correct. roll one d4. So Ooh, four. Oh, six. Oh, snap. Mm. Not so good. Uh, what's so your total ten? number? Ten. Ten? Ten. Yep. Ten will miss. Really? Does uh, Truk wear, like, loose-fitting monk, monk clothing, anything like a gi or something like that? Uh, no top, loose-fitting pants. Okay. So the or arrow, a vest, like, like the a arrow vest um, cuts a, a slice in the side of your pants from behind you. Cheap thrill. <laughs> it's a cheap thrill. <laughs> nice, cheap uh, thrill. Who's up after Elaine? Calamite. Uh, Calamite. Um, I will double move uh, to get closer to the action. All right. And after that. Dismemberment. Dismemberment. Uh, let's see. One arrow, another 16. I think that missed last time. I'm sure it will miss again. However, an 18 on the die is going to hit. You're at me? Yeah. Yep. So the I'm second, a 17. The second arrow is Wait, that- four. The uh, seventeen, or the eighteen, yeah. I get to try to catch. Okay. So I'm going to use my deflect missiles uh, as a reaction. So I need you. T- I can reduce my damage by one d10 plus my dexterity modifier plus my monk level. That's a lot. So, yeah. So I get to roll a d10, which I don't think I've seven. ever rolled in my life. That's the uh, decahedron. That's not it. I'm not sure I have. Yeah. There we go. D10. Uh, so that's a four. Plus my monk level is a three is seven. Plus my dex modifier is gonna reduce. How much was your damage? I can't do more than eight. Okay, so that's gonna reduce the damage <laughs> to zero, right. which means I catch the missile. Yep. I catch the arrow, and if it's small enough for me to hold in one hand, which it is, um, and I have a hand free, which I do, I can spend a key point to make a ranged attack with the weapon, um, as if. It Basically, he catches the arrow, yeah. spins it around, sends it back. Right. So you, you hear you hear the arrow approaching you from the side. Right. You uh, instinctively the air. reach up and grab it. Right. And you then... Right, so it's a head it. tilt, catch, and in a single motion, spin around and shoot back where it came from. All right, as so you're a just going to throw attack. it right back where it came from. Right. What kind of range does a monk have with a thrown arrow? That's the thing. Like this doesn't actually it doesn't really say. It's you. basically using the momentum of the original shot improvised arrow. Improvised ranged weapon is what I would I say. I make the it attack. It's, the doesn't work like I that. I make the attack with proficiency, regardless of weapon proficiency, and okay. the missile counts as a monk attack. Okay. So I think the idea is I throw it back. It uses your as if attack. I were doing well, let that me, attack. Let me do this then, because you don't know where it came from. You just know the general direction because it came from behind and to the side. Okay. Um, do your attack at disadvantage. Okay. 19, but that's an interesting, uh, and twi- 19 and 20 on my 2d20s. Okay, so plus the 19 modifiers. will hit right. barely, but it'll hit. Well, plus 5 yeah. or whatever. And if you're throwing it as if it were shot from a longbow, is that the way it works out? Or, or is this a, does the monk do monk damage? You, you make it with proficiency, regardless of weapon proficiency, and it counts as a monk weapon for the attack. 
Which I think means I don't... Well, shoot. Well, it means that you can use um, blurry of blows or something okay. else right. in addition to it. Do I get to treat it as a longbow attack, or is it a... I mean, it's just whatever weapon. damage he would roll, that's, what, that's the damage you would roll. The right. damage, you want to roll your own damage? I had actually been rolling it wrong. It's supposed to be a D8 plus 2. I was rolling a D6, but um, you can roll the damage. Okay. Well, you want me to take a couple extra? Uh, a D8 plus 2. On the prior ones? I don't care. Nah, we're good. Uh, D8... I'm just going to roll a d4 twice because I don't no. know where my d8 is. <laughs> that doesn't work Here, that, can't work that doesn't way. Work well, that you can't, roll a, one, you can't one. roll a one that way. <laughs> Six. Six, okay. Plus whatever you said. Two. Plus two. So oh. you did um, eight did damage. So just for the sweet effects. people at home, yeah, there, so is Kurt, a, there is a handsome, that ripped, raven-haired, wavy monk who basically leaned back in what would be known as Taisabaki, Grabbed the arrow midair, spun around, jerked his wrist with his strong forearm, and shot it back with the same velocity as it came at him and hit the dude. He's that's pretty sweet. Wrist motions. He's really good. That's at that great. Wrist and that's where we're going to pick up the next episode of Adventures from the Shed. We're going to sign this one off here as we are destroying some uh, adversaries at the road. And before we sign off, I want to give a special shout out to Justin, who sent us an email at adventuresfromtheshed at gmail.com. Thanking us for the podcast, appreciating what we do. Well, we definitely appreciate our listeners. So, Justin, thank you as well. Everyone thank, else you, Justin. thank you, Justin. I, I awesome. Thank you. No, seriously, we love that. It's great stuff. Glad you appreciate my sketches. I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> That's great. And we're going to sign this you. one off now, and everyone can say... Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Penises. Bye. After following the clues, the party approaches Tijan and walks into an ambush. Truth performs a stellar move, grabbing an incoming arrow in mid-flight and sending it back to its target as we wrap up this episode. Thanks for joining us. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Shedcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.